The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm chapter 96. So if you want to join us there, if you're using your Bible or tablet, uh, or you can just listen along. Psalm chapter 96, as, as we continue to talk, really we have a lot more of the uh, exhortation to praise, more of the... Uh, of the encouragement, the command, the explanation of what, who we praise, why we praise, uh, and really what we're seeing, we're seeing much of what is truly described in the book of Psalms as something that is absolutely important for us, and that is worship, that is praise, that is a constant reminder for those of us as Christians um, of the importance of lifting up the Lord in adoration. I'm going to tell you what I believe with all my heart. And I say this from a practical standpoint, in the days and the weeks that I do better at this, I'm telling you from that perspective, this is not uh, deep theology, this is great practical sense for me, okay? On those weeks that I do better in God's word and time and prayer and meditation and worship of God, uh, I have a better focused mind. I can't say that my week's better. I can't say the problems disappear. I can't say that everything's better in my life. What I can say is my mind is focused. My mind is not overwhelmed with the cares and concerns of the world as much. Uh, because when we worship God, it, it places a constant reminder of our focus back upon God. Uh, last couple weeks when we were tonight, we've been studying through 2 Corinthians, uh, where it tells us to bring our thoughts, into cap- all, every thought, into captivity, into the obedience of Jesus Christ and to understanding that if we allow our thoughts to run off into a million other other things, we'll become that. You know, obviously the Bible teaches that the man thinketh in his heart so is he. And so as our mind thinks on the negative and focuses on the negative, then we become that. If we we get focused on the uncertainty, we struggle with uncertainty. So it's important for us to have a proper focus. And one of the absolute necessary avenues needed to help us have a proper focus is worship. Because worship in and of itself places God back where he needs to be. God doesn't leave the position of sovereignty on the throne, but God absolutely does. we, he, he, we have a tendency to take him off the throne of our life, I guess is the best way to put it. And this places him back on that. So let's look at a few verses in Psalm chapter 96 as, as this author is explaining to us the importance and, 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 and exhorting us in doing this aspect of worship. Psalm 96 verse 1, Sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day. I'm going to just take a minute and talk about what he asked a couple of times and sing unto the Lord. Music is something that was given to us by God for multiple of reasons. I do believe that music was created for a level of entertainment. I don't, I don't think that anything that is non-sacred is wrong. I do say that there is some absolute music, the music out there that is absolutely sinful. It just glorifies and brags on a sinful lifestyle. Well, any personally, anything that we bring into our life and glorify that just, just black glorifies a sinful lifestyle, something that we should stay away from. He says, come out from among them, be separate. Touch not the unclean things. So be, you know, there should be some things out there that we, hey, we should stay away because that's glorifying what God hates. But that, that I'm not saying that if it's not a hymn, it's wrong. But, but here's the thing I want us to see, though. Music was created. Music was created for a lot of reasons. Worship is one of those. But one of the reasons, or actually, it's probably worship is the primary reason music was created. But one of the things we see in worship is that music touches our heart. Music gets down into the heart in a way that is is powerful and sometimes we don't always recognize. Here's a simple example of this. If you ever watch a movie 
And it's supposed to be an intense situation or a funny, silly situation or a dramatic, sad situation. Generally, you are always introduced to the um, atmosphere of that scene by the music in the background. If you were to watch the same scene without the music, it would lose its effect. You'd say, yeah. If you were to watch this emotional scene without the music, it would not have the effect that it's designed to have. Music attaches us to the event. Music attaches us to the heart, to the emotion of the event. So music gets down into the heart. And it, it, hold, it attaches us. We listen to music and it helps the message that we're listening to. And, and it just digs down deeper because it's music. It's why God created it. We love music. We need music. God designed it that way. And that's one of the aspects of worship. Music was designed for worship because it was designed with this idea of me worshiping God with my heart in a way that communicates my heart to his. And I sing unto the Lord. And can I tell you about singing? You know, not everybody's a musician. Not everybody's a great singer. Can I tell you, though, a little bit later in this passage in verse 3, it says, declare his glory among the heathen. You know, I think sometimes uh, we get a little nervous. When I go to church, I'll sing, and I'll sing a little bit. I'm not saying that we have to be crazy and we have to walk down Roosevelt Boulevard singing our, you know, lungs off or whatever stoops silliness. But I think sometimes that we miss the boldness that should be coming with singing. We are not just singing a church song, a hymn or a new song or whatever it is. We're not just singing a worship song or a Christian song. We are singing praise to God. And I tell you, personally, now I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a stronger personality. I love music. But personally, to me, when I, when I get a chance to sing the praises of God, I don't understand why we'd be hindrance, why we'd be hindered to that, why we'd be nervous about singing out. I understand I'm not great. What if someone makes fun of me? See, and I understand all of that's there, but I hope that we'd be able to get beyond that and realize it's not about who's there, who's watching, it's who we are worshiping, that we'd be willing to sing it, whether we have the greatest voice in the room or not. We'd be able to sing, so we recognize who we're singing to. But then he says, sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Now, there's a lot, there can be some debate in this idea of new song as an explanation to why, okay, we need to get rid of anything that's old and only sing new songs, and there should always be new songs out there. Now, I think what happens is one side we go too far with this, and the other side we, we totally ignore this. Let's, here's what I want to do. I don't want to debate the different aspects of music today. I want to look what the psalmist said. What is this mean? So sing unto the Lord a new song. So there's a couple words that describe the word new, very simplistically. New is just that new. I, it's, it's not necessarily always old, it's new. And it also means distinct, different. Right, so when, when it's a new song, it's different and new in my heart. So I'm singing new because I have been renewed. Like my heart has been renewed to God, I'm singing a song. I'm not singing the music of the world that is glorifying the flesh and glorifying things. I am singing a new song. It's a renewing of my mind, as, as he says in Romans chapter 12. And that rethinking brings with it a new song. Now, a lot of people say the word, they go, well, it's not new. It just means different. One of the, one of the definite synonyms of the word being used here for new is definitely different different, distinct. And that simply means that when I'm singing it, it should be distinctly to God. But you know, another word that defines this word new, it also means fresh. And fresh, it simply just means fresh and new. And it's, here's the idea that we, we say, well, it's got to be this written by this person, or it's got to be this older, it's got to be brand new. And I would encourage you that one, our singing a song that just doesn't have a heart of worship, we've missed the point. 
So in the song, yes, there's some great hymns of the faith, great old music out there that is powerful, but there's also some good new music. And you say, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, you know, see, we see some of the newer people look at the old music and say, it's just old, I'm done. And we miss out on some of the great powerful truths that come from the hymns and some from the things that were written from, from centuries. We miss out on some of the heritage and the history of the church. But you know, we look at the new stuff and we say, well, I'm only gonna sing something that's 100 years old and we miss out on what God's doing in the hearts of church right now. We miss out on some of the great new doctrines, great new things that can stir us. And, and frankly, from my point of view, we sometimes sing the same things over and over, they become tradition instead of worship. And boy, we don't wanna do that. We don't wanna get away from truly worshiping God and just going to, to tradition. And so we, we listen to new words and it's good. It's challenging to listen to new words because it, it, sometimes we hear a song, we sing it, we don't even know what we're singing. We, we just kind of get through it. We don't even think about it. But when you sing a new song and you sit back and say, man, those words, why? Because they challenge you to think about the words that you're singing. And that's great. And that's why it talks about new, distinct, fresh, all of that comes under the same thing. And so, and there, don't get me wrong, you know, you can sit back and say, well, all new music's wrong. I think we can be very careful with that. There's some new music out there that I would believe probably is not what I think fits what Jesus, what God's describing here. It goes a little too far. But then I think we lose the fact that if we only hold the things old, we lose the idea of new. And he says right here, simply put out, sing unto the Lord a new song, a, a new song, distinct song, a fresh song. It does, it, it, these things do talk about the idea that there are some things out there that are great that we can use, that we can embrace. And we look at the doctrine of it and say, man, what, what does it say about God? I'm afraid that we throw away some really great things out there based upon a tradition. And I hope we wouldn't. I hope we would embrace, the, embrace this and say, Lord, what can I learn from this? We should always be learning, always expanding and always growing and allowing God to do a work in our heart in this area of worship. He says in verse two, sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Bless and brag on the salvation we've been given. Begin in verse three, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all the people. This is why we worship. We declare his greatness. We declare his glory. But he says, among the heathen, can I be honest with you? This is just something God has, you know, he, he convicts me about constantly and studying this this morning was no different. We are so quick to worship and declare God in the auditorium. We're so quick to worship God and declare his goodness amongst other Christian friends. We're so quick to declare the glory and worship of God amongst other Christians. And yet he says right here, declare the glory among the heathen. The heathen simply means those who have yet to call upon Jesus. We are so good at isolating ourselves and singing his praise because we're comfortable there. And it's, oh, may we sing his praise out. May we be sharing with others the great greatness of God and what he's done in our life. May we not be so comfortable in the, in the midst of an auditorium of things that we fail to do in our mission field. It may be something that help us, Lord, Lord, help us. It's not easy, but boy, we get a boldness for Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We get a boldness because of what he's done for us. We should be as bold for him as we would be for anything else that we would talk to neighbors about. I hope that that would encourage us, that this worship would drive us to be reminded of who God is, his greatness, his goodness to us, and his commission to us to share that love with others. Thank you so much for the chance to give me a chance to be part of your day today and taking a few minutes with us on this Wednesday. Again, I invite you tonight, 7 o'clock, in person or online. And we hope you join us in either one of those situations. And again, we just appreciate the chance to be part of your day. And we hope you come back and join us again tomorrow.